All right. So welcome everyone to our very, very first Cycle Cities um, podcast slash Zoom video call that we're going to do just to catch up with, with some of our members. And the first one who volunteered to, uh, to have a chat is uh, Anthony. So Anthony, say hi. Hello, everyone. We so missed Anthony, you. Yeah, so very excited to, to, to catch up. So uh, yeah, let's jump right in. So Anthony, uh, how's it going? How's it going in, in Cambridge right now? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to swear if we're recording this. Uh, it's, it's rubbish, of course. The world, the world has collapsed and uh, it's, it's a complete disaster. However, the world continues to spin and uh, we should all just be so grateful for our health and, you know, all of that usual type stuff. Um, you know, we've, uh, I've been enjoying lockdown immensely with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, if, if you don't have children, you cannot possibly understand the pain of being locked down with two children that are four and two. Unreal. Yeah, um, that was like the, the real joke at the, in the first lockdown that all the singles are like, I've, I've started 10 new hobbies, you know, just to keep myself occupied. And yeah. all the parents are like, please give me five minutes. Five yeah. minutes. That's all I ask. It's yeah. Big difference. Yeah. So, so bringing it slightly more up to date, um, lockdown part two, they announced that schools and nurseries were going to be kept open. So my wife and I like high five each other. It's like, we're going to get through this one it's going to be a lot easier. So um, this one's been a lot easier. Um, uh, we, we're officially back out of it. Uh, we're in a strange tier system that there isn't a single person on the planet that understands. Um, just, to, just to give a few examples, uh, my wife is a hairdresser, so she is now working from home. Um, so that's, uh, and as far as she knows, she's just doing everything that she did after the last lockdown. Um, I went to, I've been to um, two pubs um, since this last lockdown uh, ended. Uh, one, um, actually no, scrap that, three. So one of them was uh, recently and it was very strict and there was four of us and it was a business meeting. We had paperwork under our hands and they said, are you here for a business meeting? And we said, yes. And they said, okay, that is permitted under the guidelines. Um, yeah, we had to have two massive like sharing platters, but it was the most expensive four pints I've ever bought. <laughs> Um, so that, that was that one. It's right up there with Oslo, actually. Anyway, um, the, uh, so that, that was that one. Um, again, I went to another place where we had to have pizza, and, and, but there was nobody else in the pub. That was a bit rubbish. Um, but, then similar, but then strangely, my local pub here, which will be remain nameless, they have a special COVID-19 menu. So you've got starters for one pound, main course is two pounds, and you have to have a plate, but you don't actually have to have it served to you if you don't want the food. 
So, um, it, yeah. Anyway, um, that's kind of that's kind of that one. But in short, even though things are being opened up and we're in this tier system, people are still quite rightly kind of nervous. They're not going out. They're not, you know, meeting people if they don't have to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, that's kind of where we're at. But it's it's interesting that you say that that the second lockdown just ended because here in Belgium there's no end in sight yet. Uh, we're still full on in it. Government has announced that there will be no, uh, um, what's the word that, that you know there will be no exceptions made for the holidays. Uh, also for Christmas, you're only allowed to see one person and all that. So, so there's no end in sight for us. But you say that for you it's ended already. So yeah, well it. That, that's the thing. I think it's a marketing thing because the tier system effectively is like being in lockdown. Um, and there are so many restrictions, no matter which tier you are in, there are plenty of restrictions. It just means that uh, certain uh, operators like, like uh, my wife, Hannah, who's a hairdresser, which is incredibly helpful to me, as you know, um, she's, she can work. You know, whereas if we're in full lockdown, she can't work. So it's kind of economically better for the country to be in a, a tier system than in lockdown. I feel very sorry for people that work in certain industries like food and beverage, where they are out of the system. People can be out of lockdown. They can be furloughed, which means the government will pay part of their salary. Um, but in the pub on Wednesday, whatever it was, um, there was like four bar staff and there were four customers. Now, economically, that's never going to work, is it? So um, the, the tier system is more of a marketing thing. Christmas, um, they have announced that uh, from the 23rd to the fourth or something you you can see three households i think um indoors whatever um hopefully people even though you're permitted to do that hopefully people won't do that unnecessarily so um christmas is looking slightly brighter i i think everyone's hope is on the vaccine um because there is no way back to normality um until that yeah. time um yeah i know uh, i know a 65 year old gentleman who has refused to shave until he is vaccinated and uh, he started that in march at the beginning of lockdown so you can imagine what he looks like now yeah um yeah the, but vaccine if, if you're a pessimistic person you know, you might say something else, but if you're optimistic, you should be thinking vaccine is coming. So, yeah, I think that's, that's what most of us are thinking. It's going to take a while, though, before they have enough to give to everyone. But, you know, even, just the start, even a start will already make some small difference and then the difference will only get bigger. So let's yeah. be optimistic about it. Yeah, I am at least so. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll ask you, but I th I'm just top of my head. I reckon it'll be June next year by the time the country has been vaccinated. I think, yeah, I think it's going to take longer. 
longer than June? Yeah, yeah, I think at least at least one year that they'll need because the entire world they basically just need seven billion vaccines, you know. Oh no, no, I'm not worried about the whole world. I'm just worried about the United <laughs> Kingdom, obviously. Yeah, 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 but I mean, everybody's gonna <laughs> be claiming vaccines, so yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll see. How I, I think um, I think deepest, darkest Peru might be looking at 2025 by the time they're vaccinated. But, um, you know, the Western culture, um, I'm going to say June because uh, I'm an optimistic kind of person. But I, I can totally see where you're coming from. I think one of the reasons I say June is because um, the, the, so the virus um, spreads more during the winter months when windows and doors are closed, etc., etc. So we're in for a tough winter. And uh, we were all very happy to be locked down in a beautiful April here in the United Kingdom, reaching like 36, 38 degrees. Um, but this, this period is going to be tough. We have to worry about people's mental health, I think, during this time. I think I, there are a lot of articles with people with mental health problems who are actually coping very well because they've, they've been worried about a global meltdown for most of their lives, and now it's actually happened, They're, they've been prepared. Whereas- Just a quick second, Anthony, there's somebody at my door. <laughs> uh, I'll be right. So that was a quick uh, interruption, but we're back. Um, so Anthony, uh, why don't you tell me about um, the past season? How, how has it been with your tours? Have you been able to work and survive? And yeah, so um, it's been shockingly bad. Um, I don't, nobody's going to have a good story this year, I don't think. Um, the, you, you have to bear in mind that we are not a huge city with a, a huge number of tourists and, you know, we're not a major capital. So we don't have quite the same numbers anyway. You'll remember that I'm just a small operator anyway. Um, I'm... I'm also incredibly fortunate that I don't rely on Cambridge by tours for to pay my mortgage or anything. So uh, my life has not changed, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Uh, however, from a by tours perspective, obviously we had to close legally. Um, then when I was looking at trying to open and uh, what I say to people is January and February is my busy time of the year uh, from an admin perspective, making bookings for school groups and that kind of thing that, that's happening throughout the year. Uh, so January, February, I'm doing that and, and helping to bespoke events for these schools and things like that in Cambridge. So it, it takes quite a bit of effort. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, this happened. And then I spent the whole of March and April sending everybody their money back. So effectively, I worked for free quite hard for four months to achieve nothing. Um, so that's frustrating. Um, but uh, like I say, you know, life could have been a lot worse. Um, I'm, uh, I'm incredibly fortunate that... Um, I took a decision a couple of years ago to kind of try and streamline how we operate 
Um, 10 years ago, we started and I was the only guide and I was doing everything. And then the next year, I, I had some people to help me on an ad hoc basis. Couple of years goes by, then, then I had Chris. You, I don't know if you remember Chris from, he joined us in Budapest. Um, and yeah. he was kind of, uh, he, he was full time for uh, uh, two years. Um, and then uh, he got another job uh, working in a, another industry that he wanted to do. And that was my opportunity and I thought, right, I'm just going to get quite a lot of uh, my tour guides and I'm going to stop doing tours entirely. I'm going to sub it all out. So all of my tour guides are all, um, you know, uh, self-employed. And um, I basically have a calendar system, which uh, my booking system feeds into a Google calendar and all my tour guides have access to that. They can see tours that are being booked and they can, they can uh, ask me, can I do that one? Can I do this one? Whatever. Um, half of them never look at it anyway. So I always send out text messages continuously. And, uh, and then people, you know, uh, these guides put their name down and it, it worked, that has worked very well actually for the last couple of years. So from a business perspective, I've been able to simply just switch it off, you know, and, uh, other than some subscriptions, I mean, even, even my public liability insurance, I just put a hold on it. Um, so it hasn't really cost me anything to close. Yeah. Um, we're not a, we're a limited company, but we don't have any premises. So the way the government in the UK was handing out um, grants was to businesses with premises and they pay rates. And so um, if you pay rates, then you would, you, I would have got a 25,000 pound grant, um, which I've managed to secure for other clients, for other things. Um, but we, we just have a small garage that is owned by me and it's a part of a residential building. So it doesn't attract rates. Yeah. So, so I'm not entitled to a grant. Um, I am employed by another company that I own. So I was furloughed from that company, but we're talking about bike tours. Now bike tours, um, I'm not in, an employee either. So I'm not entitled to any furlough money. And uh, my accountant uh, and I discussed it. And there is literally the only thing that bike tours could, could get um, was a bounce back loan free of charge, um, which is subject to a maximum depending on your turnover. And we, um, and we got about uh, uh, 12,000 pounds or something like that. Um, and um, because it's, it's going to be very cheap to pay back, um, I bought a new van. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm keeping the motor industry employed by buying a van, um, a bike tours van, drop side. It's very beautiful, um, Volkswagen. So uh, well done, the Germans. Um, if you look at my Facebook page, uh, one of the only because th <laughs> I haven't been posting very much. Um, <laughs> so some of the only posts is me taking donated bicycles to um, rework, uh, recycle, which is a uh, bikes for africa uh charity 
So I load up my, my new van with all these bikes and take them to a depot for sending to Africa. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the point of that loan would be for me to pay my mortgage if all I had was that as my business. Um, but if all I had was bike tours as my business, you know, I'd probably have to do something else to supplement my income anyway. Um, I guess uh, the point I'm making is there are, there are numerous businesses that fall through gaps when you have such a broad, you know, concept of handing out support and loans is, is understandably the simplest way of, of helping as many businesses as possible. Yeah. Effectively, my business is one of those small businesses that's going to fall through the cracks. Uh, and I feel very sorry for a lot of those people that have maybe just started a new business. They have bought a new van. They've done all of that. I don't know, an electrician or something. And, and then this happens yeah. and they're not employed. They're not, you know, uh, I feel very sorry for them. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, examples of businesses like that here as well. Uh, and they're struggling. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be very difficult and uh, a lot of people will be struggling. But hey, that's the way it is. And I think we can all relate to um, what you said. It, it's the same here that the, the tour industry is such a small industry here as well that nobody ever thinks about us. You know, they think about all the bigger ones like hotels and bars and restaurants and the events and stuff like that. Nobody ever thinks about how to help the tour industry or what to do for the tour industry. So we basically have to sort of fit some pieces together from the other, from the other ones. Yeah. Um, so are you going to, what's the plan with the van? Are you going to use it to do bike tours at other locations or? No. Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just wanted a van, so you just bought a van. Yeah, I uh, so I uh, again, if you look at some of my Facebook photos, I have a, a really old Land Rover, um, an ex-military vehicle, and I could get about fourteen bikes on there. And uh, because a property is very expensive in Cambridge, it's basically the same value as London. Um, I have a small garage which fits about. 30 bikes at a push. So when we have big groups of 60 or more, um, I have uh, my, my adorable, uh, adorable parents allow me to keep about 50 bikes at their house. Um, so it's quite good that I can, um, I need to get them on this truck to bring them into Cambridge for those big events, those big tours. Okay. Um, so it, it's, uh, no, de no plans to do other cities. Although I've tried in the past, actually, I, I just spread myself too thinly trying to do too much. Um, if, if you're onto a good thing, keep doing that. So, um, yeah, the, so the van is really just for moving bikes in Cambridge. Um, and I'll probably sell my old, uh, Defender Land Rover, um, because uh, it's now redundant and this th and this new van is much more efficient and eco-friendly and all of that kind of okay cool so um if we look forward to 2021 what uh, what are your expectations do you think you're going to be busier again or not quite yet yeah um you 
because uh, you kind of said to me, oh, let's talk about, you know, uh, bike tours for next year and stuff. And then, and then I wrote, I wrote like <laughs> three pages of notes. Uh, uh, you're not going to want me to run through them. Um, <laughs> but um, kind, of, kind of some of the things that uh, occurred to me um, is that um, obviously travel is down. Uh, next year is, in my opinion, uh, and I just, I wrote it down somewhere here. I reckon we're gonna see a fall of about 60% numbers wise. Um, just if I can jump in real quick, in, in normal years, how, how many, what percentage of your customers are travelers and, and what is locals? Oh, you see, that's written here too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, it, at Cambridge Bike Tours, um, one of the most uh, sort of strange things for me when we started, was well, I was expecting to have 95% Americans and Chinese. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, I just kind of thought that that's probably who are the tourists in Cambridge. Um, however, um, if you are interested, basically our, our demographic works out at about 50% British. Um, anyway, uh, people doing day trips, weekend trips, that kind of thing. A lot of people who are British think, I must go and see Cambridge. It's so famous, you know? Um, so a, a lot of British people will come to Cambridge at some point in their lives. So. Um, that works out to be about 50% of our, uh, you know, our, our total customer nationality. Um, then, um, then we have quite a lot of, uh, should we say, should we say another um, 40% uh, would be worked out as, you know, virtually exactly split by quarters, American, Australian, European and um, uh, and that's yeah no that's probably about a third yeah about a third and then ten percent would be everybody else yeah so I, I hope that makes sense so our, our demographic is is very much British anyway um, I think a lot of people will will be traveling within their own country next year um, so, which was one of my sort of suggestions for the bike tour community is, you know, if you're not already focused on your, you know, uh, current, your, your, your physical nation where you're based, um, your domestic market, if you will, you need to be thinking about them. Um, I, I think you've definitely got to be thinking about them. Um, I think it, we talked about the, the vaccine. And I think if we're all vaccinated by uh, the end of spring, and that's why I have that June date, because I think yeah. if optimistically, if we're all vaccinated by June, then there's no reason why people won't travel and go out and, um, and, and get on with their lives and enjoy a summer next year. Um, if you are not vaccinated, by June, you you just won't organize anything. But you're not going to organize anything in January or February 
for the summer because people are, you know, there are stories of people not getting their money back from their travel agents and that kind of thing. And people are, are they're just quite rightly skeptical of, of what next year brings. And they're going to say to themselves, I'm staying at home. Think, just think about it from a personal perspective. Um, Irwin. <laughs> I'd never do the R right. Um, yeah. Irwin. Could, do you are you planning any holidays next summer well just one but that's because i have tickets for a rammstein concert that was supposed to be last summer and ah. to next summer so i hope i can go there but i don't know they might have to change it again but yeah that's it besides that no not really Could no beach ho beach holidays no you know no we'll see how it goes we'll have to it wing it and, and I am the same, uh, our, our family here, we, we are planning on a local, you know, uh, like a camping holiday type thing. Um, because, I mean, camping has gone through the roof in the UK. Uh, the number of vans that people are modifying uh, whilst in lockdown, because it's something that they can do and they can go away with their family. Also, I think a lot of people have been to campsites this year that ordinarily are people that don't go camping. And this year they have gone camping as an alternative holiday. And I think people have realized that camping is not the same as it was in the 80s. You've got, you know, uh, very clean uh, shower blocks and you've got, um, like uh, I've I seen one with like underfloor heating in the shower blocks and all that. And it's like that that's not that's glamping, of course, uh, as we call it, glamorous camping. Yeah, yeah. Um, familiar with the term. Yeah. yeah uh, and it's like um, I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, this year coming. And um, I, th I think that's good. Again, that's domestic market again. You know, there's a thought. If how do you advertise your bike tour at local camping grounds? We don't. We probably yeah, should do. It's an interesting idea because they will probably be doing very well. So yeah, uh, I plan. yeah, I I would suggest that we're going to see more camping this year than last year. Um, so that that's a. Uh, you know that's an interesting one we'll we'll see about that okay but so to get back to what you were saying before so you expect to be running at about 60 percent in, yeah. in 2021 yeah and and it's like so um i'm i'm in the position that i can just close it and it won't make any difference to anyone um if you know if i was employing somebody then I would be working my butt off to make sure there was income coming in to cover them and to help them. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not one of those. Um, we, people, business owners owe a debt to the community that is their business to keep people employed if they can. Yeah. Um, obviously, nobody's expecting anyone to be a Samaritan and, you know, um, if it's a case of putting food on the table for your children or paying 
a third employee to sit around not doing very much. Unfortunately, we're in a position where those people are now redundant. Um, but I would, I would imagine that a lot of people with, that are business owners in our Cycle Cities community, you, you're, better, you're better businessmen than me anyway, and you have probably already got rid of staff that you, you don't necessarily need at the moment. And then when, the, when it does bounce back, and we all have faith that it will, but it might be 2022 if you want to be pessimistic, um, you know, then you can hire staff, you know, and during these times of crisis, people ha should be adaptable. Um, there is nothing wrong with getting a job delivering food, which is something that we need at the moment, you know, uh, Amazon drivers, food drivers, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, the, uh, there's a humility and there is absolute, like nobody is ever going to look down on anyone who is made redundant from their cushy stockbroking uh, job and then and ends up delivering food. Uh, I would say that that is a more honorable job anyway. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I, I think... Um, uh, obviously, I feel sorry for anybody who's been made redundant and, you know, uh, life changes. However, you know, why do I do what I'm doing? Well, uh, I changed my job when I lived in Asia, then I lived in Australia, and then the global financial crisis. And then I was like, I could just do it myself. So I set up my own business. Uh, and if it wasn't for the global financial crisis, I would still be employed as a surveyor doing property work. Um, and I'd probably be miserable. So um, I have the glo global financial crisis to thank for pushing me to do my own thing. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and I think there will be people looking back at COVID-19 and thinking, how did we, how did we operate our business? Oh, we should be proud of how we conducted ourselves during this time. Um, you shouldn't, keep people employed totally unnecessarily but um, if you can suffer a little bit so that there are lots of other people that can um, you know continue their lives and be in a better place then you should do that uh, I remember my father telling me once uh, when the there was a property crash in uh, 8990 and my father said he worked for two years free of charge but all his employees didn't even take a pay cut. And that is, people don't do that anymore. My father is one of those kind of old school kind of gentlemen. Um, and I think nobody would expect those kind of stories. Um, but I think we all need some compassion. I think we need you know, some of my other notes down here was, was um, now is an opportunity. A lot of people have got more time. Whether you want the time or not, you've got more time. What are you going to do with that? Because it'll be gone in a minute. You'll be back to 100 miles an hour working life, struggling to cope with the work pressure, family pressure. What, how would you want to look back on your time? Um, we've all had it where we've uh, in between jobs or made redundant and you've got a bit of free time 
and you watch too many box sets and you, you know, whatever, and you then start the job and you think, I could have done this, I could have done that. And, you know, and, and really, um, you know, you should be looking back on your time in COVID-19 and you, you mentioned some of uh, the sort of single people who are, who are starting new hobbies and stuff like that. And, and I think that I think you have an opportunity to learn another language, um, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff uh, that you could do. You could plan a trip around Europe. Um, you know, we were talking about camping. Uh, get a get a camper van, travel around Europe for six months, you know, uh, plan next summer off uh, and focus on 2022. There's, there's nothing wrong with doing that either. Um, that's me yeah. being uh, yeah. uh, if I can tap myself on the shoulder a little bit about what you said I learned two new languages this in this lockdown uh, not from scratch I just improved my German and I learned uh, Python the, the programming language so uh, <laughs> programming language yeah so ah, see that is included yeah. as, as a language absolutely yeah so, yeah, there's definitely a lot that you can do with uh, with this time. It's it's because when I look back on the first lockdown, I can't really seem to remember what I was doing for three months. Yeah, it's like this huge gap in my memory. It's, it's, and and then I looked back, and then after the lockdown, I thought like, how come I can't remember what I spend my time doing? Um, it's yeah. probably because I didn't do much that was worth remembering. You know, so. Uh, I try to do better this time. Um, I, I guess now would be a good time for me to ask. Um, obviously, you mentioned lockdown. Life has changed for you. And you now find yourselves with a role in Cycle Cities. And I think um, if I could speak for everybody in the Cycle Cities partnership or community, we all saw the email. Oh, Owen's going to be, uh, you know, our Cycle Cities guy. Uh, moving forward that Steve said and and I think everybody you know knows you and they all uh, are certainly looking at the emails and from a personal perspective I remember thinking oh that's brilliant that's great you know because uh, I think we all um, we all have got a lot of respect for you you obviously uh, know a lot about the tourism industry you know about business and that makes you uh, I would say a perfect person for the role within Cycle Cities. So, um, uh, could you perhaps tell our little community how you came to find your role now? How have you enjoyed lockdown, and and what do you see? You know, your role going forwards. I guess. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for the for the very nice compliment and the nice words. Um, well, I just Steve you know, called out to us, like, who wants, who wants to do this? And I thought, well, I have a lot of time because we can't, can't do much. So, and I really love this community. I am very disappointed that there's not going to be a live symposium somewhere because it's always one of the highlights of, uh, of the year. Um, so, but yeah, I felt this was a really great opportunity to get closer to everyone in the network, um, build the network, get, you know, just personal development. I saw a lot of opportunities there and, and just being busy 
Um, making a few extra bucks, I'm not gonna lie, also as a motivator because there's not a lot of money coming in right now. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I felt it's a great community. And um, I talked with Steve about, you know, he's super busy now with the new job and it would be a shame if, if the network would die out. Uh, you know, I wanna keep it alive. It's a great network and just, you know, try to do what I can to, to keep it as good as possible. And I think this was actually, these podcasts were actually Steve's idea. And I think he actually got it from Peter from uh, Cologne. So I can't take the credit too much for this, this podcast, but as soon as he mentioned it, I thought it was a great idea just mm. to you know, catch up with everyone, chat a little bit. Uh, so that everybody knows that everybody else is still alive and we can hear about how they're doing and maybe learn, you know, maybe somebody's tried some great, things that we can learn from or did something that that we absolutely shouldn't do right? you know maybe we can learn from each other's mistakes as well but i think it's a great way to um you know keep in touch yeah i mean our, our little partnership uh, it never ceases to amaze me quite how open and honest everybody is about their business their experience uh over the last 12 months or whatever and um you know i I kind of feel sorry for everybody if this is the first podcast that I'm not more entertaining. Uh, oh, you're because, doing great, Anthony. You're doing great. <laughs> I mean, from, from a business perspective, I haven't got any genius ideas because all I did is close my door, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I, guess, I guess that's not entirely true. We have done tours this year, uh, and um, uh, I don't know how many we've done, a handful. Um, I'll be brutally honest, I'm kind of up with COVID-19 regulations. You, know, you have to spray the bike down and uh, we don't allow people to use the bathroom in our garage and all of that kind of jazz. I mean, we are obviously uh, as, a, a, as an outdoor activity, we're very COVID compliant. Um, as, I, as I know, the whole community is probably you know, it's very frustrating that we are so COVID compliant. It's one of the great things that people can do. And yet, where are the customers? Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, I, but I think it's a, good, it's a good point that you make. And I think we should be optimistic about it because as soon as we can, as, as things start to be allowed again and the weather improves a little bit, because right now, of course, it's not the ideal time of year people are going to be looking for outdoor activities. So we're probably going to be among the first to, you know, get started again. So I think we're in the right industry when it comes to, to that, that thing. I, I like your optimism and point that it, it is quite possible that a bike tour in a city close to where you live is going to be something that you have probably not done before. And it will be one of the only, you know, if you're searching the internet, let's be honest, that's how people find you these days. That, you know, you're not going to be knocking on every door, but people will be searching things to do in their local city. And, you know, in, in Cambridge, as an example, we have something called punting. Um, it's a Dutch word, punteren. And it comes from... I speak Holland. Dutch, but it doesn't really ring a bell with me. Uh, I've been told by numerous Dutch people my pronunciation of punterun is exceptionally good. So there you go. Okay. Uh, it's, 
it's a flat bottom boat with a pole that you push on the bottom of the. Oh yeah, I'm not river. familiar with those kind of things, so that's it's probably uh, mine. Well, it actually comes from Holland. We had they they did it before we did in Cambridge, um, and they do it in the other place as well, but they do it incorrectly. The um, so the uh, the punting is very fam very famous, and lots of people are going to go oh. Oh, we've not been punting or we've done punting three years ago let's do it again but hopefully when they're looking at things to do they'll see that and go actually hold on there's a bike tour that might be interesting um you might be getting people that haven't done that before and i i, I like your optimism and i'm gonna live with that and i'm gonna wrap myself in that and uh, agree with you that there are plenty of signs that would suggest that will be able to open before a lot of other uh, industries. So we'll be open early and it is an activity that people should feel safe in doing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, want to, if you want to be extra cautious, you can wear your gloves, you can wear a mask, you, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's no, you know, if you're in a shop, a bike tour shop, most of these places, um, you know, bring bikes out for you anyway. You don't collect the bike inside the shop. Some do, but you, you know, there's no reason for a customer to even come into a shop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I like your optimism and let, let's, uh, let's take that. Okay. I actually have one more question for you that I want to ask. Uh, I think you already answered it because you said you basically closed, but uh, have you tried any online tours and what do you think about the whole online tour idea? Um, that's also on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, this, is a, this is a very good point. Um, I, so uh, I, I decided to do tours this year, um, not for the money, but I wanted uh, photographs of people that have been on tours in 2020 on my Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, as, as shallow as that might seem, I would have probably given all the tours totally free of charge, paid the guides just to show that if you look at, if you look at a timeline of a business in five years from now, you're going to see a dent in 2020. And maybe a dent in 2021 as well. And if you can, if you can show that you've done tours, um, I I think it's not a bad idea. And actually, there's something for the 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 partnership. Even if you haven't been doing, even if you're not allowed to do tours legally right now, get your wife, get your children, get a camera, cycle round your city, take some photographs because it's so easy to stay at home because that's what we do now get out get see your city go for a walk with your family go for a bike ride take loads of photographs put it on the facebook page and said wonderful day out in wherever your city is and and then at least it's it's something you know yeah. i i think to uh i i would argue that um many other cities that I have uh, been hearing about. Peter in Cologne is a good example where um, right after lockdown, um, he had some great 
uh, emails with some suggestions of what he was doing and that there were tours happening, you know, uh, and that's, that's really good to see because I think, I, I guess I could be sitting here saying, we didn't do any tours, not a single customer knocked on my door. Well, that's not the case. Even my small little operation had customers. Um, and so, you know, that, that's a positive. So um, on the technology front and what else, what other options are there? Um, I've looked at setting up an app for about three years and I haven't got around to it and uh, I still haven't got around to it. Um, I'd, I'd really love to do one of those. Um, I have been, there is a company that approached me to go in a joint venture where they do the app, but I do all the videos, all the information, everything, here you go. And then we, and then I get 30% of the income or something. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? Don't sell yourself short. You, as tour guides, as entertaining people in front of a camera, you have a value. And somebody, somebody in New York who is trying to sell an app to you to, to do for them, they can't do that app without you. Um, so don't sell yourself short. If you are going to do an app, you can do one yourself that you've got time to research it on YouTube, how to create an app, do it yourself. You've got the information, you've got the time. Um, I should have done that. Um, however, with two small children in lockdown, that was not going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and obviously I've, I've had other work that I've been doing throughout this, this period. So I, my time, I've not actually, I've been as busy as I was last year. So it's just another thing that I haven't got around to doing. Um, but YouTube videos, um, here, it's an opportunity to get out, make some videos, post that content on your channel. If you haven't already got a channel, why haven't you got a channel? Um, you know, there's, uh, there's all kinds of, you know, I know that uh, virtual reality is very interesting. I can't see how virtual reality is gonna help us. Um, maybe somebody could tell me how it would, but I, I can't see it exactly. I think, I think you need to embrace um, IT and technology and uh, blogging. Nobody has time to blog. Well, you do now. So sit down, write an article about King's College Chapel or, you know, whatever. Um, write it, write the article, have it on your Facebook page, all of that kind of jazz. Link it. it. You've got an opportunity to do that. Also, now is your opportunity to spend some time on your website. How can you optimize direct bookings? We talk about it all the time. And, you know, look back on the slides from the symposium. Um, you know, the, there is some great advice that we probably sat on and not done anything about. Um, all the SEO weekly suggestions, go back through the emails, make sure you're doing them. Um, your, 
your uh, email to me was brilliant where you you said have you seen your auto signature your auto reply i'm like why i think my english i'm not english but i think that's the wrong patient and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> there's a there's a great example where you know uh when you're a busy guy you don't notice these things you're working too fast slow down take a look at this sort of stuff um yeah so so that's that's definitely um the the it bit um have you have you got into apps and that kind of stuff no i i i thought about the whole online um thing the, the only thing that i i do do but that's that's not with the with the bike tours but with my food tour company is i do online beer tastings where i just email them a box with some not email of course mail regular mail i just mail them a box of beers uh and then we taste them online and i just i i tell them all there is to know about that those beers the stories the, what it's how it's made and all that sort of stuff and right now of course we have the christmas beers here in belgium which is which are absolutely awesome so can you can you deliver internationally <laughs> I can I can mail you a box if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be up for that. Um, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, I'll send I'll send you some British beers. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I I mean I'm not an IT expert, but if if you had an app you can attach video i.e youtube videos etc within your app so there's nothing stopping you because if you're scared of handing over too much content of your tour there's no reason why you can't go to two or three of the stops on your tour practice like just do the best delivery of a uh, a stop you've ever done choose one of five, you know, choose the best one, have that as a YouTube clip. What I, what I thought of doing is, is like, for example, here in Antwerp, we have the cathedral, which is like very beautiful, very impressive. It's on every tour, but you never explain everything there is to explain about this cathedral. It's way too much, you know? So yeah. you could go to the cathedral and talk about something that you usually don't, talk about on your tour you say usually we talk about you know why is it that second tower finished and stuff like that but then you can go to the side and say like look here on the side wall we have this little statue which is interesting because of this and this and so on or just you know find some other like little thing in the quirky little gem. That, that you never talk about that's not part of the tour and then you can make videos about those things and just make people want to take a tour yeah yeah, you, you've absolutely got it. Because, you know, what, what is the added value of having a tour guide show you around a city? Because you can get the information of when King's College Chapel was built on Wikipedia or whatever. You don't need a tour guide for that. It's the little gems, it's the little funny stories, it's the, and, it, and if you can give people a little taster of, oh, I've got a, tell them this great story, funny little story, even if it's about the cathedral, something bizarre about it. And then you can kind of leave them hanging and say like, oh, I've got a really good one about something. I'll tell you on the next video, come on a tour. 
yeah. you know and then and it's kind of like hopefully those pe those people looking at that youtube clip will then think i i like this guy i like like i'd love to know what the next story is or do you know what i mean and then they'll they'll be like who is that what is that tour you know let's check out the next video and because youtube is bloody addictive it is you know and and people watch too much television young people watch youtube yeah young people watch more youtube than they do television that is for sure and there are there are some very famous youtubers out there i'm not planning on becoming one but the the point i'm making is that if you if you've got a series of videos on youtube they they will get views and then one pe person will watch that then they'll share it with their friend and they'll then they'll watch the next one and the next one and the next one and then it's two o'clock in the morning you know and you're like um so yeah uh, i think i think youtube is something that anyone in the partnership can do very easily it can then be added into apps if you wanted to do apps um so yeah and maybe one piece of advice that i've heard somewhere <clears throat> by some big YouTube expert. Uh, for everybody who's nervous about getting started, this guy said, if you, you just have to make the video, if you look back at your first video after three years and you think, wow, I really did a great job, then you've waited too long to do your first video. <laughs> after three years, you're going to look back at your first one and think, my God, I was clumsy, you know? But that's normal, that's okay don't wait for perfection it is perfectly okay that three years down the road you're going to be embarrassed of your first video that's fine and that's normal so just yeah just gotta go and i'm saying this and i've thought about this for a long time already and still i haven't been doing it so yeah i'm gonna start doing it now let's that's going to be the takeaway from this video that's a good that's a good point look i bought myself a microphone and it's i bought this like one week into lockdown it's still in the wrapper yeah but i have the intention yes yes because uh, i i want to record something for a website or whatever and it's like well it's cheap it's the sort of thing like this can make a difference well you know i'll, I'll give you a challenge anthony because oh. i'm actually very curious about that belgium beer bar that you have uh, maybe you can go out and make a video for me about your Belgian beer bar and that would be your first video. I would absolutely love that. The, the best thing about that challenge is that it's closed anyway. Uh, so I'll have to wait for it to open. But uh, no, you can just do the outside. That's fine. You know, you know what, though? You've, you've hit exactly the point, And that is like... Yes, okay, you can do a video about King's College Chapel or, or Antwerp Cathedral or whatever, but people, people will watch that, but you'd be surprised at how many people are very interested in a video about a little pub and some history behind it. And, you know, I mean, there's your challenge. Make, make a story out of nothing, you know, there, there are there are stories behind everything if you look hard enough and um you know okay that might not be as popular as doing a video of kings but then they all feed they all feed each other yeah. and it's 
and it's content as well. Uh, I don't think people realize from a website perspective, if you've got loads of content on your website with loads of words that says bike tour, tour, etc., etc., then the, the, the little Google spiders are more likely to find you. Yeah. Plus, it, it shows the world that you're an expert. You, you gain a lot of credibility if you have a lot. If you can tell just a story about some random pub and, and you tell it in a good way, people are going to be like, that guy knows what he's talking about. You know, he really knows Cambridge because he doesn't just talk about the chapel. No, he really knows all the little places and so on. So it definitely works, I yeah. think. I mean, so yeah. Anthony, we're both going to start doing it. After this call, we're going to start making videos. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I might have to have a couple of beers first and then do the uh, do the video just to sort of loosen me up a bit. Um, the I think I think that um, the the video idea is is a prime example of what anyone can look up Wikipedia information about a city, but if you've got a tour guide that's telling you something really funny and interesting that's, you know, whatever. Um, that is your added value. That is why people go on a tour. Yeah. And, and I don't see an end to that because people are looking at what's happened during the virus. Everybody's staying at home. People aren't going into offices. People aren't going on planes, blah, blah, blah. What is the future? Um, I can't see an end to tour guiding. We are humans. We love other humans interaction. We want, we want somebody else to cut through the rubbish and just tell us the really good stuff. Yeah. Time is precious, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can kind of, as you say, illustrate that on a video, that's your platform. More and more people are going to see you online. And if you can, if you can do something to improve that, then this little break, this little, screw up of 2020 and potentially half of 2021 won't have come to nothing you know you you will look back and think well actually you know we started doing that and that was a good thing you know absolutely all right anthony i we're over an hour already so i think we're gonna wrap it up now and stop the recording um and and let the people get on with their days yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for this first call. I had a lovely time. It was very, very nice chatting with you. And uh, to everyone else in the community, uh, if you want to have a chat with me like this as well, please give me a, a sign and then we can hopefully do a lot more of these so that everybody can stay updated on what everyone is doing. So yeah. Anthony, any last words you want to add? Yeah, no, I just, I'll, I'll agree with you that, um, you know, that, uh, our little cycle cities community is just fantastic and we all you know we all seem to get along so well um it would be i would personally i'm never going to watch this video but i would really like to see um <laughs> some some videos from other people so if i could ask the community uh if you've got a minute if you've got an hour that's all it is uh erin can can give you a call and um and it, i'd really love to know you know how this has been affecting you uh but it, it would be really nice to hear from people that were that you're doing well you know 
Um, and I think I think that's kind of what we have to take away from this shocking time is, you know, if we should be very grateful for our health. Um, some people take this virus more seriously than others. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, nobody wants to get this virus. That's what I think we can all agree with that. There's plenty of conspiracy theories and all the rest of it. But no, at the end of the day, you don't want a virus that could kill you. You might be just fine, but you could, you could pass away and die. And this is what all this nightmare is about, is trying to save lives. And okay, it may have destroyed various economies around the world, but we're, you know, I think as a global community, we're trying to save lives. And that's what all these hideous enforcements are in place to try and save people. And we have to remember that. If you do have time and you can volunteer to be friendly, pick up the phone to an elderly person. When was the last time you called your mum, told her you loved her? Don't forget to do that. Um, you know, um, I, unfortunately, we've got so much more to go through. We'll do it after the recording. Um, I, I guess, I guess that's kind of what I would, um, I would wish to end on, is a kind of a message of hope, and that I hope you're all doing well. Be thankful, thankful for your health and your family and your friends. Make sure people are okay. Get in touch with people. Pick up the phone to an old school friend that you haven't spoken to for 20 years for no reason. I've done that a few times. That's always good. Um, and stay safe. I guess that's it. All right. Thank you very much, Anthony. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks, Owen. Thanks.